Well, good morning. Welcome to Thursday. Welcome to this weird 29th of February day that only rolls around every four years. It's leap day today. And uh, the weather actually is providing a bit of an anomaly for us as well. We've got uh, fairly mild temperatures making their way to us this afternoon, plus temperatures actually for much of central and southern Saskatchewan. That will absolutely be welcomed. Well, if you're following the whole emergency shelter discussion that's been been unfolding in Saskatoon, and, and I mean, it, it's not a recent discussion. This has been going on for some time. It was back up at City Council yesterday as a big topic of discussion, a healthy discussion, let's call it that. Lots of community members were there from both Fairhaven and Sutherland communities. Other community leaders were there and, of course, City Council to discuss what they're going to do with, number one, a couple of new locations that need to be found within the city of Saskatoon. Uh, And as I would say, another discussion that is unfolding is Fairhaven. Even though that has been up and running for quite some time, there's strong calls from the community to say, look, what's going on inside the emergency shelter or the wellness center, it's fine. The work in there is fine. The problem is the community is experiencing a lot of challenges, crime, drugs, unwanted guests, you name it, and the community is fed up. And so as a result, this is the challenge that City Council in Saskatoon is trying to to navigate. And it's a bit of a, a tightrope, I would suggest. Here to join us this morning to talk a little bit about what was discussed at City Council yesterday is Ward 10, City Councillor Zach Jeffries. Zach, thanks for taking the call. Thank you, Evan. So it was quite the meeting yesterday on shelters. Let's start with just your view. And and I realize it's a broad topic, but but what's what's your perspective? What's your view on this discussion on emergency shelters? Well, first of all, the fact is that emergency shelters and the facilities that are there to help folks are not the causes of of homelessness. They're not the causes of of, uh, mental health issues, of addiction, of everything else that we're seeing in the community. That's for starters. But when you get down to it, when we think about the way that we serve people, there have got to be some principles that are in place. And, um, And those principles involve actually thinking through how those are going to interface with community, thinking about are there separation distances that ought to be in place that we uh, do in other ways with our zoning bylaws. But then we also have to think about how those facilities do operate. Um, you know, are there limits to the number of folks that are in a facility? Is uh, you know, a place with 30 people and 30 beds uh, better than 200? Uh, those are all questions that, uh, that have to be asked, that I've asked, and, uh, and I think are really important for us to discuss here. Ward 10 Councillor for Saskatoon City Council, Zach Jeffries, is my guest this morning. So you had a motion that you brought forward yesterday in terms of where shelters can and can't be located in the city. You had to get special leave, right, to to actually discuss the motion because of the, the time frame in which it was brought forward? Yeah, and I won't get too much into it. It's kind of technical. There are different deadlines for council meetings, and it was a couple days after that deadline. So I needed special permission from my colleagues to discuss that last minute. So I gave them notice and gave the public notice uh, last week of that uh, that motion, and then we did discuss it. They uh, gave permission and understood the importance of discussing it yesterday, and that was about those separation distances that uh, you referred to. And and what what was the outcome of the discussion, the motion, the vote? Well, the outcome was that uh, in the work that we're now doing with the province of Saskatchewan, because they've actually come to us, they have said we need to open additional facilities and have more beds. Saskatoon. I believe they're doing the same in Regina. 
And they've come to us and said, can you help us with placement? So in that process and working with them, our motion from yesterday that did pass now says that as we're working with them, you're only going to be looking at sites that at least are uh, 250 meters from uh, elementary schools in the public and Catholic division. Where did that number come from, Counselor? The 250 is that a like an arbitrary number, or is there some you know mathematics? Like, why not 500 meters, for example? Yeah, and I'll tell you, there's not actually uh, a science or a magic to any of this. The fact is that um, you know I have to rely in some way on both information from community and information from our folks in planning and solicitors. And I had all those conversations with people, and 250 seemed like a number that not only could um, provide a proper distance, but also uh, one of the principles that has to be there is you can't make make it so nowhere is available for uh, for facilities because if, if the separation distance, let's say, is 3,000 meters, then essentially you're disallowing that use. So not to get too technical, but um, that it's kind of a balance and, and there's not really a sign. So what, what was the decision, the final decision, with regard to Sutherland and the uh, fire hall? So that was under consideration, as you and your listeners know. And uh, there were actually were some public information sessions coming up here. And because that site is less than 250 meters from uh, an elementary school, it actually means that that's not under consideration anymore through that process with the province. So it means that our folks that were still looking and working hard to find other locations are going to keep uh, working on that. And uh, we're going to have more coming forward soon. And I think the principle we have to operate under here is don't just bring us one location. Because if, you, if you're telling us that you're looking at many, many different locations, you bring us one, folks are going to say they don't like it, and they're going to ask and want to know where else did you consider and what other criteria were you using. So I think when these come forward again, we actually need more information, more transparency, and that will help folks have a better discussion in community about how we solve this issue. Ward 10 Councillor Zach Jeffries. Zach, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question that I, I feel like I know the answer to, but so many people, we've been talking about this a lot. In fact, after you and I are done talking, we're going to open up phone and text lines and we'll continue the conversation as well. So there's a lot of things that need to be considered, but a lot of people are saying, why aren't we looking at a place that's not in a residential area? Why aren't we looking at, I mean, some people are even suggesting, for example, Yarrow Farm or somewhere out of town where, you know, maybe a purpose-built uh, facility could be built. So why isn't that a consideration? And you know what? I think that those type of things could be. We've been asked as a city to help the province find a space in Saskatoon. That's what they've asked us to do. We're not actually the ones building a facility. We're not the ones operating a facility. So we're trying to help out because what happened the last time that uh, the province opened a facility where we had no involvement whatsoever, it meant that there was no consultation with community. It meant that there was no information before it was uh, before it was open. And, uh, and we'd like to go a different path on that. And we can do that by being a partner instead of just sitting on the sidelines. So, Councillor, one of the things that, you know, when this discussion comes up, we're chatting with Councillor Zach Jeffries this morning, your motion yesterday that a site has to be located no closer than two or, or no, it has to be within, not within 250 metres of a school. And and that's part of, of what now 
will be looked at by the city of Saskatoon going forward. I've got a couple of maps that were provided to me, uh, one with the Fairhaven location, one with the Sutherland location, and then circles drawn around showing what's within 250, what's within 500, what's within 750, and what's within 1,000 meters. How much of the discussion has to center around, even though there may be no schools, no recreational facilities, no daycares around, if it's a residential area, if there's people around, there is a possibility, and I think we're seeing this in Fairhaven, that there could be adverse effect to the community. What can be done proactively to pre- prevent that? Well, I think what we have to do, in addition to what we're doing right now to actually have a conversation in community and help the province find a location, is actually perhaps go back to our zoning bylaw, because what we're talking about right now with 250 meters from schools isn't actually in the zoning bylaw. That's something where that's a criteria we're using as a city to help the province. But if the province wanted tomorrow to go buy another church in another community, um, they could go do that and open a shelter with no input from the city of Saskatoon because of how things currently sit in our zoning bylaw. So I think that means we go back to that principle to say, are there other pieces that we need to do with that? And that's a little more of a longer-term view And those are some of the things that actually could um, be a bigger part of the conversation as well. That might not be something that folks know. Yeah. Like I said, the province could go tomorrow, buy buy a facility that isn't owned by the city of Saskatoon, and open it up in in quite a number of areas of Saskatoon with no consultation. And and so, I mean, I think that's the value and the importance of city council being involved in this, because, you know, even, even if the province has the ability to do that, you are likely the ones that are going to be answering the emails, the calls, the texts of people confronting you in public places about these issues. If, and Fairhaven, I think, is a great example of that. So is Fairhaven, you know, is that a basically a, a done deal? Is there any kind of retrospect work that's being done to try and address the issue that we continually hear from people that that live and work in the area? Well, I mean, I have the honor to sit on the police commission here in, in Saskatoon, and I know you know how police governance works, and that's an area where you know we've given direction and, and tried to help where we can on things, like you say, that are outside of the facility. We do have folks doing amazing work inside to help people, but we're seeing those impacts in other places. Um, so retrospectively, one of the things that I I think is important and we've seen in other communities and even within Saskatoon is where you have um, you have a, a smaller number of people in each individual facility um, you know gives you the ability to uh, just manage things in a, in a good way. So you know that's something uh, you know that we can't necessarily go and change the zoning bylaw and make force people to make changes to existing facilities. But what it does do is it, it sets the bar for future facilities. It also says where we are as a community and the way that we get these things right. Because like I said, these facilities are not causing homelessness. Um, but we are seeing concentration and, and impacts in, in neighborhoods. And uh, and that's something absolutely that uh, that I think we need to discuss. And, and there are ways to do that. Uh, and they really be involved. Ward 10 Councillor Zach Jeffries. Uh, we're almost out of time, Councillor, but w- just one other quick question. Lots of people still continue to text in different possible sites and locations. Many of them are, are maybe out of the city or in more industrial areas, not in a, in a residential area. 
Uh, you you've discussed this enough to understand where's the balance in terms of other supports and services. Um, I've heard it said that putting an emergency shelter somewhere that is absent of any other supports and services that the people, the clients are likely to utilize is basically an effort in futility. Uh, others have suggested that the organizations that run the emergency shelter should ensure all of those services and supports are on site and available. What's that discussion been like? Well, we've actually got two conflicting things here that happen. And sometimes people say we should do both at the same time. One is deconcentrate and make sure that facilities are as far away from each other as possible. So, you know, perhaps we don't have uh, uh, different challenges with that. Uh, but they say at the same time that those facilities should be close to services that help people. Um, and those two are in conflict with each other when you actually start to think about it. Um, so I think we need to get back down to some of those principles, perhaps be looking at things that are in the zoning bylaw. And I will say to folks, if you've got ideas for locations, number one, take a look at the criteria that the province gave us and that we need for how quickly we can turn things around, how much space, everything else. That's all public information. But Talk to our folks. If you uh, if you send an email to our folks in Saskatoon Land or at the Saskatoon Fire Department, they are all ears because um, you know we've worked with real estate people in the private sector and and looked at a number of locations, and uh, you know we've definitely come up with fewer than you'd think. Really appreciate you joining us this morning, uh, Councillor, and uh, thanks for your. Your insight, your work on this, and uh, no doubt you and Council will be continuing to have these discussions going forward, and uh, we'll continue to stay in touch because we get a lot of feedback as well through the show, through callers, through texters, and so I think it's something that we have to work on together. Thank you, Evan. Ward 10 Councillor Zach Jeffries, Saskatoon City Council, on the ongoing discussions about shelters and the distance they should be from, for example, elementary schools something that was discussed yesterday. These ongoing discussions are going to be part of what we're going to chat about over the next little while. Phone lines will open up for you. The text lines open as well. one 332 8255 You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Ward 10 Councillor Zach Jeffries uh, just joined me on the show talking about the conversation that happened at City Council yesterday. And we're asking the question now, what steps does the city need to take to ensure any or any future emergency shelters meet with success? Derek is on the line in Saskatoon. Derek, thanks for calling. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I kind of feel like there was um, somebody there to stick up for the east side of the city, but nobody was really there to stick up for the west side of the city when um, these decisions are being made. Understandably, there was a different purchase, but it seems like the east side gets a lot of attention and the west side doesn't. So that the whole Fairhaven thing is just kind of getting shoved to the side, is your feeling? It feels like It feels like it's shoved to the side, but it feels like there's not a lot of value to the Fairhaven people or the west side of the city by the city. It seems like if the west side has an issue, it kind of gets ignored, but the east side brings up a issue. It, it gets a lot of attention very quickly. Interesting observation, Derek. And you know, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to, that's it. I think that's a good one for, for council to be aware of. I'm sure it was brought up to council, but uh, you know, 
it happens in in many cities. I've heard people allege that sort of thing happening in the city of Regina. When I was with the police, they would talk about, you know, if it's certain areas, they just don't really worry about it. But if there are other areas where people are are louder in their their concern, their displeasure about something, the city seems to take notice differently. That's an interesting observation. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to continue this conversation uh, after 10 o'clock. We'll take a news break. But when we come back, more of your thoughts and texts. The uh, The text line is going is going nonstop here. The phone line's open for you as well. What steps does the city need to take to ensure any future emergency shelters meet with success? That's what we're asking you. Phone lines are open and more of your thoughts when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, the conversation rages on, and we're talking emergency shelters. Saskatoon has been the location of much debate. Fairhaven, of course, has been up and running for a while now, and as a result, we've had the time to see some of the consequences that continue to cause problems in the community around the Wellness Centre. Inside the Wellness Centre, of course, we had Chief Mark Arcand on last week, and we talked about there. there's no doubt that there's good work going on inside the shelter. The Saskatoon Tribal Council do, doing good work in the shelter. The problem is the community is seeing crime rates go through the roof, unwanted guests, needles in the neighborhood, all kinds of problems. Now the conversation has focused to Sutherland. And as we just heard, we talked with Ward 10 Councillor Zach Jeffries yesterday at Saskatoon City Council. It was decided that they were going to put a 250-meter buffer zone around a proposed shelter site, which means that an elementary school can't be within 250 meters of the site, which automatically takes that unused fire hall in Sutherland off the table. It can't be used anymore because of the proximity to an elementary school. And so we're throwing it out to you. What steps does the city need to take to ensure any future emergency shelters meet with success. A lot of people are texting in, throwing out ideas of different locations that currently exist that maybe should be considered. For example, Chris in Saskatoon said there's a vacant youth camp north of 22nd Street on Dalmany Road. Sitting there with the power on, why can't that be used as a shelter? So lots of people are texting in ideas. Others just frustrated with council. In fact, some people are saying the reason that councillors are sounding so rational on this topic is because it's an election year. And they're going to be fighting for their jobs. Some people feel that that's really what is driving a lot of the discussion that we're having here. There's really no easy answer to this. I want to go to the phones and take some calls as well. Darla uh, has called in from Saskatoon. What's your thought on this 250-meter rule, Darla? Hi, Evan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, this 250-meter rule, like it's hard to believe that one suggest- suggestion can be brought forward to City Council, and then that is the plan, 250 meters. What makes 255 meters safe? What makes right. 600 meters safe? Our schools are approximately 600 meters. We've got three of them within that 600. When you meters. say our, are you are you in Fairhaven, Darla? I am in yeah. Fairhaven, and we've been fighting this for 488 days. Oh yeah, it, and, and your point and, I think is well taken, Darla. That you know, I asked the question of of Councillor Jeffries when I had him on is where did two fifty come from? Because yeah. it could be five hundred. I've actually got a map here that I'm looking at. It's it's kind of a a topical map with the the circles drawn around the Fairhaven shelter, and it shows that you know your schools aren't within two hundred and fifty meters, and yet your community's been realizing nonstop problems. Yeah, and that and that. Um, Schoolyard begins 
closer than 250 meters because it is a par- park, mm-hmm. Sears Park. So they basically have to walk across a parking lot that a residential high-story apartment block. They have to walk across that parking lot, across the street, and they're in the field, the school field. So 250 meters um, is a ridiculous amount. Um, people that are homeless, their days are spent walking, and they will walk for miles and miles. And it is super unfortunate that that is what their life is. Yeah, I but, mean, it's it, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I think part, part of the challenge comes to, Darla, is that people that are that are truly homeless, that don't have any other complex challenges, they're the ones that are easy to house. They're the ones that, you know, will work with, whether it's municipal or provincial programs, and find a suitable shelter, a house for themselves, a place to live. It's the complex needs. And with complex needs come complex problems. And I feel like I'm telling you, I'm singing from the song sheet that I used while I was the chief of police. But there there needs to be solutions that are customized for people with complex needs because it is not cut and dry. And Fairhaven is a living, breathing example of that right now. Okay, let's go to Kevin in Saskatoon. You were at the meeting yesterday, Kevin? Yeah, I, you know, I, I caught I caught it late, but but I, I picked up on all the information, and, and I'll tell you what. There, there's a number of issues here. Fairhaven needs to be addressed, and it needs to be removed from that neighborhood, number one. The 250-meter thing. I mean, I, I'm appalled, and I, I mean, I'm watching the reaction of the councillors yesterday on, on a number of points. And I'm appalled that we've got 10 councillors in this city that even would have suggested such an amendment, which is weak, and I agree with your last caller, that, I mean, we're just talking schools. What about playgrounds? What about the ACT? What about community facilities? What about everything else that encompasses a neighborhood? Homes. What about homes? Well, sure. And, and, and you know what? This, we, we talk about, and I, you mentioned complex needs, but you know really, Evan, and I, I say this tongue-in-cheek, it's not really that complex when you, you follow the money trail here. This is solely a provincial and federal government responsibility. And I'll bring the federal government in because of, of their loose uh, uh, drug rules and laws in, in terms of, I mean, look what's happening down in Vancouver right now. Absolutely abhorrent, and this is being allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fentanyl situation is being encouraged. They're handing it out on the streets. Um, does Saskatoon need to look like that? And we want to move an arena downtown? I'm sorry, we've got our priorities very, very screwed up. And the provincial government needs to step up. I have yet to hear publicly from an MLA to, to, to actually make a serious newsworthy statement about them and putting some skin in the game here to actually step up with some real funding to address the issue and not putting it on the burden on the, the citizens of this city or any other city. It's And that is that is part of the struggle, right? That is part of what, exactly what Kevin says. We see that happen time and time again with cities where, you know, there's a bit of a either finger pointing to say it's not our responsibility, it's yours, or sometimes it's a case of government. And I think this happens time and time again with city governments. They take on problems that aren't theirs to take on. And they try and solve issues that they aren't financially set up to try and solve. I do appreciate, like Kevin said, he was at the meeting yesterday at City Hall. I'm telling you, 
you get people showing up. If that city hall is filled with people, it's an it is an opportunity for the leaders of the city, for the elected officials of the city to take notice that clearly people are taking time off work. They're taking time out of their schedule because they need and want to see a better tomorrow. That's that's part of the process. That's the beauty of municipal politics of of how the municipal system works is you have the ability to go down to city hall to sit in on a meeting and to express your concerns and I, and I feel as though you know they they may not be acting on it but there's no way that city council can't be hearing what it is you're trying to say. The text line continues to evolve here. People are talking. Will in Saskatoon says, following the shelter issues in the city, this council recently dropped a bombshell on taxpayers in Saskatoon. Now divert all of their attention to shelters. These shelters are going to be on every street as long as people keep showing up from out of the city. Many of the people are banished from their community. They come to either Saskatoon or Regina, and that's when the problems start. So. Something to be said for potentially for some of that. The bigger cities may be getting some of these problems attracted or downloaded on them, and then the cities themselves are trying to solve the problems. one 332 8255 Let's go to Gail now in Saskatoon. Gail, what's your thoughts on this whole shelter thing? What steps do you think cities need to take to ensure that a future emergency shelter meets with success? Morning, Evan. I have a totally different perspective about this. Sure. And my view is we need a new city council. That's probably how we are going to deal with this effectively. Because yesterday, and I was there, Mayor Clark looked directly at Pastor Rob and said, then how do you think we should solve the homeless situation? What do we do for these homeless people? So we have... Fairhaven has a 106-bed shelter, as everybody knows. A very few hours after that, City Council closed a 30-bed shelter. So tell me how any of that makes any sense at all. And that, you know, I had a caller earlier, Gail, that said this feels like it's becoming a bit of a west side is getting neglected, the east side is not. And it's, you know, do you think there's any merit to that? Absolutely, I do. Uh, I don't know if it's dollars, I I would be guessing, but there is absolutely right now a west side, east side perspective going on, and the west side is absolutely turning into the dumping ground of Saskatoon, and we just aren't getting any help from city council. So for everybody listening, please vote in a new city council. You know, the, um, <laughs> this is going to be an election issue for Saskatoon councillors. So those that are running for re-election, those that are putting their name forward and hoping to get elected, uh, this is an issue you should be paying attention to. It's an issue you should turn your attention to. Gail mentioned Pastor Robert Pierce. I think we've got him lined up actually on the show tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. So we will be continuing and having more of this discussion tomorrow. I want to take a quick break. We're not done with the topic. I've got callers still on the line. So we've got uh, Wayne and Terry and Aaron uh, lined up here. So I'm, I'm going to be coming back to you. I want to take a break. And the text line as well. We're going to continue talking emergency shelters and your thoughts on what steps the city needs to take to ensure future emergency shelters meet with success. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. one 332 8255 We're talking about what steps the city of Saskatoon needs to take to ensure any 
future emergency shelters meet with success. A couple of texts have come in and said, hey, if this is not in your city, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be paying attention to this. In fact, other cities need to take note of the problems that are happening in Saskatoon because this will be happening in other cities for sure. Jack in Saskatoon texts in saying, Let's get the downtown arena built right away. Convert Sastel Center into a homeless shelter, needle exchange, whatever you need it to be, lots of room. And it's outside the central area with no residential neighborhoods in the uh, near vicinity. one 332 8255 Okay, let's go to Aaron in Saskatoon. What do you see as the problem here, Aaron? Oh, hi. Um, yeah, I, I'm really concerned about this conversation um, because I think it really um, underlies underlines exactly what you mentioned, Evan, about um, complex needs, um, and, and the underlying problem being addiction. I mean, we're seeing these challenges in communities and disturbances in the communities because of individuals who suffer from addiction. Um, and I really firmly believe that until we start treating um, this as a disease and the disease that it is, um, we're going to continue to have these problems. So rather than band-aid repairs of where are we going to keep these people off the streets, we need to look at the long-term treatment um, for them and um, and just quit sweeping this under the rug. It becomes a policing problem. Um, you know, they are, everybody's hands are literally tied. So until we start giving some, some more rehabilitation for these individuals, this is what we're going to continue to have happening in our cities. And um, it, it's, it's frightening for everyone. You know, Aaron's point is is well taken. The fact is that the addiction crisis that we have is at the root of so much of this. And I know you are probably almost getting tired of hearing me talk about secure treatment facilities. However, for very complex needs, the, the extreme complex needs, I think we're going to see steps in that direction in the province over the next year. I've had enough conversations with uh, provincial politicians in the province, uh, both uh, both with the SAS party and the NDP, to believe that this is something that we might see. And Aaron's point is, I think there's there's some real truth to that. Is you know, it's it's that analogy of you know, you find someone floating in the river drowning and you try and give them hand. And before you know it, there's a bunch of people in the river and you're trying to find other help to get people out of the middle of the river drowning. What about going up the river and finding out why are people falling in this river in the first place? And if we can stop them from doing that, then all of this other stuff melts away. Because we talked about it earlier, the true homeless people in our province who who don't have other complex needs are people that that are simply down on their luck. It might be an economic thing. It might be job-related. It could be domestic-related. There's a whole bunch of reasons. If it's truly about homelessness and drugs don't play an issue, mental health doesn't play an issue, for the most part, there's some fairly easy solutions there. So, Aaron, I think you're, you've got something there for sure. It's not easy, right? I, I can't say that it's easy to fix that, but it is something that needs to be looked at. Let's go to Terry in Saskatoon. Thanks for calling in, Terry. What's your thought? We're talking uh, emergency shelters. Do you think council made a step in the right direction yesterday? Uh, it was probably a lot of theatrics more than anything. They created a situation to get them out of this trouble when they already had a bylaw for emergency temporary shelter, which would preclude this site. But, of course, they didn't uh, apply that or consider it for Fairhaven, so they got into a bind. So they had to create a situation. And the head of all of this is Charlie Clark. 
his secret meetings over uh, more than a year ago with the fire chief, police chief, and Chief Arcand formulated what happened in Fairhaven. And then they said they couldn't tell the community, even though they knew many, many months in advance, they couldn't advise or warn anybody because that would put them in a conflict. So they put themselves in a conflict of interest situation for the benefit of the SDC, for the Fairhaven Shelter, instead of doing their job impartially for both. Did you think, Terry, that if true consultation would have happened in Fairhaven and, of course, in Sutherland, we heard lots of of concern that it wasn't happening in Sutherland, does true consultation prevent us from being in the situation that we're in now? Well, for sure. There's You want to bet the pushback for 30 beds in, in uh, Sutherland that was effective, what do you think 106 would have been for Fairhaven? They, they, they're picking poor choices. They're picking residential areas. And that was chosen by Chief Arcand. He bragged about it. He was going to go to a residential area and set up this complex needs shelter. He bragged about it. He put on videos about it. And then when it happened, it was like it's somebody else's problem. And he coordinated that with the Community Safety and Wellbeing Committee, which was the fire chief who's going out the door, the police chief who's already out the door, and Charlie Clark, who should be out the door very shortly with his chief of staff. Well, you know, so the the notion of, you know, I think about, I had uh, Tribal Chief Arcand on uh, the show last week, and we talked about this. At the, at the end of the day, and, and I think no one is disputing this, is the work that's being done in the shelter is is great work, it's progressive work, it's positive. It's it's the outside stuff, and and Chief Arcand himself said, absolutely, I can see the problem. We I see what's happening. Crime rates are going up, but this is something the city needs to address, or city police need to address. And I think that's the challenge: is where does the ownership of not just what goes on inside the shelter, but what goes on outside? Where does the ownership lie? And depending on where it lies, then you know we need to make sure that we're very conscious of these decisions when we're we're making them and when we're setting up new shelter sites. Don't forget, they're looking for two new thirty bed shelters in the next short while, but that's not going to be the end of it. This is going to continue as well. I, you know, I'm just going to say I give a lot of credit to the Fairhaven community because uh, they are a group of people who not only have been trying to get the attention of their community on this issue, uh, but they're doing a lot of extra work to try and find ways that they can work with the work with the city, work with the province. I mean, they're they're stepping up, they're coming up with with possible solutions, even if they aren't solutions that are being um, you know addressed or or picked up on. They are coming up with them, and you can hear it. It seems like every second caller that we have on the issue of shelters comes from Fairhaven and uh, their concern for their community, of which they have so much pride. Many of people in Fairhaven have lived there for years. They have pride in the community, and they're they're frustrated by what they're dealing with. Okay, I mentioned tomorrow morning we have uh, Pastor Rob Pierce coming on the show at 9 o'clock, so this discussion will continue. We didn't get to every caller and every texter, but the discussion will continue tomorrow right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.